It's, it's what once was conceptual that, that we're at today now becomes real. What once was conceptual now becomes real. And what once was conceptual now becomes personal. The, this is where we're heading today. For the next two weeks, um, I, I knew this was gonna happen. We went from one phase of blueprint building a foundation, really really kind of understanding what it is uh, that, that blueprint is, an action plan for our life. And we talked about building on the foundational ways. And now we're gonna go into something a little, it's kind of next level. Uh, it, it, it's, 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 the, it's the personal blueprint, the unique blueprint. And in order to see the unique blueprint come to life, we need to hear the voice of the unique blueprint. Personal words spoken just for you. So we know that, that, that verse, which I'll show you again in a moment, out of 2 Chronicles 20, 20, it says, listen to the Lord and you will be established. In other words, keep doing the foundational things. Pray, Bible, church, love, give, forgive. Those are foundational ways of God. Your unique blueprint flows from that. Your unique blueprint flows from the foundational things. Never forget that. Your unique blueprint's gonna come out of your praying, reading the Bible, giving, forgiving, all that stuff comes right from the foundation. And that foundation, out of it will flow your unique blueprint. Then God says this, listen to the prophets. And I'll show you that verse in a moment. Listen to the Lord and you'll be established and, or believe in the prophets and you'll have success. That really it was interesting to me. I thought, okay, I'm following Jesus. I, I give my heart to him. I'm, I'm learning, I'm growing. Like Meg said, my roots are growing down deeper. And all of a sudden he says, but I've got something else for you that will give you success. I, I'm glad that you're firm, Dan, but now I wanna show you something else about me that will allow you to advance and give you success. Isn't that good? And that just means listen to the prophets. I'm, 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 I'm gonna give you personal words, the, uh, he's saying. I'm gonna give you unique ideas, strange strategies. Strange strategies. I don't know if you've, if you've read the Bible, you're gonna find some really, really strange strategies that you're like, really? Jesus spit in the dude's eyes, put mud, make mud on his eyes? And then he gets healed, really? Why? Because it makes me trust God. Like God can give you a strange strategy that can change your life. He gives you fresh vision through this prophetic thing that he wants to do through people and through you. In other words, God wants to speak to you personally. And I'll say this, he wants to speak to you to unlock you. He wants to speak to you to unlock you. To recover, and that's a good word, to recover your identity. So God's voice confirms your identity. When, when God made you, he placed in you certain attributes, abilities, personality, and gift that confirm your calling in life. But many times those attributes, abilities, personality, and gift are suppressed because of fear, trauma, sin, pride, shame, the list goes on and on, and these negative strongholds will suppress a person's true identity. Do you know that? Like, like you live your life, you think, man, am I really being me? Am I really, am I really being who God called me to be? 
And sometimes people live a long, long life with never figuring it out. But, but I, like I said, in, in the earlier blueprint message, I said, it's never, you're never too early to discover your blueprint. It's never too early. You can discover your blueprint at a very, very young age and get going with it. That's awesome. Or it's never too old. You're never too old, right? So it doesn't matter. I, there, there are people who've discovered their unique blueprint in their 80s. Like they've written their first book when they're 80 years old. And a powerful book. Uh, remember, uh, thesaurus, the guy who wrote the, 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 the thesaurus. He was in his 70s or 80s when, when he wrote the, the thesaurus. I can't even say that, the thesaurus. <laughs> say that three times fast. <clears throat> Let me just give you this truth for a moment. You're gonna hear this truth throughout this message today. It is not until you change your identity to match your unique blueprint that you will understand why everything in the past never worked. It's not until you change your identity to match your unique blueprint that you'll understand why everything in the past never worked. For example, sometimes people choose a career because it matches the boxes we've been told to check. Well, grandpa was a lawyer and dad was a lawyer and so I'm gonna be a lawyer. And there's nothing wrong with being a lawyer, but if it's not what you're called to do, why are you doing it, right? And I'm not trying to confuse you or tell you you're not doing what God called you to do, but, but I do wanna challenge people and say, hey, maybe, just maybe, you know, you might think, it was, I was always told I'll, I could never have a business, and so you, you, you tell yourself, I could never do that. In this inner dialogue, I could never do that. And guess what? You're probably never gonna do it because you gotta change that dialogue. And if God has called you to do it, we've gotta recover that identity that's in you that says, no, you can't do it. Hmm, I heard a scripture that says this, with God, all things are possible. <laughs> with God, all things are possible. Like I said before, I'm not, I don't wanna be president and I can't be an NBA star. Those are things, just be, I'll be realistic. But there are things in me, there, there's an identity, a, a greater, another part of my blueprint that God wants to continue to reveal in my life, but it comes when I change my identity to match my unique blueprint, it's, it's, I'll understand that why everything in the past never worked. See, sometimes we can wonder why we're so dissatisfied. It's because we tend to choose a career before we know our calling. Before we listen to the voice of God. See, as a follower of Jesus, you hear from God. John 10, 27 proves it. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. That word know is a very powerful, powerful word. It's a very intimate and very, if you just study it, you're gonna find out. It's like the closest you can get. It's, it's intertwined. It's, it, you're, you're one, as Meg was telling us, you, you become one with God. But you hear from God. Listen, you may, you just may not know it. And so I'm excited because it, 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 at the end of this, I'm gonna have my beautiful wife come up. She's very gifted at unlocking God's voice in you. For you to hear something, not just a message. I believe you hear something personal during a message, but I'm talking about, okay, we, we wanna get down to the, to the heart of who you are. And we want God, we want you to know you hear from God. Again, you just may not know it. It's like a newborn baby. They know the voice of their parents, but they can't understand English yet. 
So it takes a little bit of learning, a little bit of time to understand, to discern, is that God's voice? Is that another voice? So we'll get there in a moment. I'm, I'm glad you're here today. Because I hope to unlock God's voice within you today. I'm gonna say, I, God. God wants to help you know how to hear his voice, the prophetic voice. I believe many Christians are struggling life because they are wandering without a clear directive from God. Either we can't hear or we don't wanna hear. I believe you're here because you wanna hear. You wouldn't be here if you didn't. The direction and calling become clear, listen, as we listen to God's voice or the prophetic voice. Now going back for a few moments, Jehoshaphat, we've talked about this guy throughout this blueprint, Jehoshaphat follows God's way by listening and believing a prophetic word. This is, this is where we're gonna start it, this moment here. So if, if you remember that whole story, King Jehoshaphat was a good king. But, and there was another king who wasn't following God and he was kind of paying for it. But Jehoshaphat said, you know, I'm gonna follow God's way but he found this out a little bit the hard way. What happened was God's kids were in trouble because they followed their own way. Now, think about that. God's kids were in trouble because they followed their own way. Simple but profound. Listen, I don't know how to tell you this, but when we follow our own way, we always get in trouble. Let me say, when we follow our own way, we always get in trouble in some way, at some level. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I know, guess, I, it took me a few times to figure that out. It took me a few times that, that like I said last week, it's the, it's the second mouse that gets the cheese. You know, I had to keep learning from my mistakes. It's always the second mouse that gets cheese. You don't have to make the same mistake over and over again. But they, they, they followed their own way, and all of a sudden they found themselves surrounded by their enemy, and they needed help. They needed a strategy, so they asked God for help. I know this is so simple. By the way, strategy comes through humility. Please remember that your strategy that you need will always come through a place of humility. Always, always. So here's the word. So all of a sudden, they're surrounded by their enemy. King Jehoshaphat doesn't know what to do. And all of a sudden, out of this, this time of we're gonna pray, we're seeking God, God, we need your help. All of a sudden, it kind of calms for a moment. And this guy named Jehaziel, Jehaziel, starts talking. He just starts talking. A, a, a voice among the crowd that day, a voice directly from God, and this is what he said, 2 Chronicles 20, 15 through 17. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, March out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He's with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Amen? Yeah. Personal word. 
And the rest is history. God defeated their enemy. So then Jehoshaphat says this. He learned this. He was the second mouse that got the cheese. And he says this in 2 Chronicles 20.20. He says, so they rose early in the morning and went out in the wilderness of Tekoa. This is after the, the prophet spoke and said that. And he said, he, went on, he, said, he, said, he said, hear me, O Judah and, and, and inhabitants of Jerusalem. He goes, look at it. This is what I've learned. Believe in the Lord, your God, and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets, and you shall prosper. He's like, I just figured this out. We all know God. We're following God. And all of a sudden, this voice comes out of nowhere and speaks something very specifically. I would imagine that if they didn't listen to the prophet, they would have gone out and maybe done something their own way and been defeated. Again, but because they're able to listen to the voice of God, they found victory, they heard God's voice, they believed God's voice, they obeyed God's voice, and they found success. And the word kind of comes out of nowhere. You know, that's how it works many times. I expect to hear from God, but it seems I rarely know where it will come from. <laughs> But if I keep a, a, heart, a right heart and open my mind that God has easy, then God has easy access to deliver a personal message. If my heart is open, my mind is open and, and just trusting and loving God, then he has easy access to deliver a personal message. It's only when I'm prideful and pushing him away that he has a difficult time sending, getting the message to me. You guys still here? Obviously, I'm talking about anybody here in this church. All you guys, <laughs> right, we're all good. Now, I believe there are gifted people who operate with a prophetic gift. It's more natural for them. However, you and I must be open to, to God for him to deliver a message from anyone, anywhere, anytime. It's so important. Because there's so much more. A personal voice of God giving us personal daily nourishment, personal daily encouragement, personal daily salvation, personal daily freedom, personal daily strategy. Listen to the prophets. Regular people speaking with the voice of God. Listen to God's voice in you and then you'll have success. See, believing the prophets is next level relationship. Come on, believing the prophets, believing the voice of God, the personal voice of God is next level relationship. But let me be very clear. Without the foundation, without the personal relationship with Jesus, without making him Lord and Savior, without, without connecting and surrendering to the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the one who paid the price for us and the one who shed his blood and went to the cross just for me, without that personal, personal, heartfelt relationship and the relationship that deals with my heart first, without that, your prophetic words may not be from the voice of God. It may be from your, somebody else. I, I, I mean that. So always have the heart and the right foundation to hear from God. Because believing the prophets is the next level relationship. Have you ever had, God, is that you? Moment. God, was that you? God, is that you speaking? Anybody else here, right? God, is that, did you just say that? Well, we did. Many times we have. This is how we've developed 
the, the personal relationship and the personal prophetic voice of God, learning how to discern his voice to hear from him. So uh, back in uh, 2010, uh, we heard, did you just say that? And it was coming here to Cadillac. We've been in Ionia for years and this is my journal from 2010. Um, I'm not a big writer, you know, like, like uh, but, but uh, the, the, my journal is usually pretty short little snippets of things and um, Emily's journals are like very beautiful. I mean, the words, the handwriting, mine are like, you know, you can't even read it. But, but, but what I do write down is what I feel God is speaking to me personally. So I remember back in uh, 2010, on June 8th, 2010, I wrote this down. I was thinking about the Bats family and how they are willing to take their family to another state to pursue what God has for them. I'm thinking of Abraham. He was told to leave his father's house, and then, and then, and which was familiar to him, and, and he was obedient. And I, I just said, praying that the Lord would show me signs and wonders regarding leading a church, whether it's a church plant or a church. I, this was in my heart. I was like, why, why am I praying this? Why, why am I thinking about this? Well, that was 6, 8, 10, and on 6, 10, we get a call. Phone rings. It's my pastor, Nyonia, and he goes, hey, you guys sitting down? I'm like, why? He says, well, I got something to tell you. He goes, he goes, um, he goes uh, are, your name has been put in the hat to pastor in Cadillac. I just laughed, because we hadn't told anybody. We haven't been talking about this. This is just in my heart, and I'm writing it on, in, in a journal, and Emily and I are maybe having some short conversations, but it's not, it's just, it's just something I'm, I'm hearing and feeling in my heart, and I'm writing it down, and, and all of a sudden, two days later, you get a call on June 10th saying, hey, um, you're, you're, and I just laughed. I said, really, God? Only God. Now, back up four years later, about 2006, I'm at a conference at a, at a conference with many different leaders and pastors, and, and at the time, I'm an associate pastor and a worship leader, and, and, I'm, and I'm just, and I, I kind of approached this guy's name's Doug Bergsma, and, I, and I'm just talking to him about stuff. I'm saying, I'm saying, Doug, you know, I'm asking him questions about church and about ministry and just trying to pick his brain for a moment. I don't know why I'm doing this, and all of a sudden, he kind of scratches his head, and he looks at me, and he says, hey, you're gonna pastor church someday. And I said, I said, well, I didn't, I didn't come to that. I didn't come to ask you that. But he goes, and so the, the coolest thing was his right-hand man, his assistant comes over to me. He goes, listen, dude, Doug never does that. Doug never has a word for anybody. <laughs> he never has a prophetic word for anybody. And I said, he goes, that's what makes this so crazy. I said, well, all right. So four years, that was, that was 2006. Well, you know what? I just went back to my job. And I just kept doing what I was doing. I was establishing myself. My roots were growing deep. I wasn't focusing on that. I just did what I was doing. And I waited. And voila, here we are. 2010, God brought us here. And we've been here for 
for nine years now. We're starting our 10th year right now. And um, it's amazing. But listen, all because God was speaking to my heart and I was writing it down. I was like, I didn't know what was gonna happen. I didn't know that God was doing something that was gonna confirm it in different ways. But here's what I've noticed. You don't need 10 personal prophetic words. You just need one. The next one. <laughs> the next voice of God speaking to you. So let me show you quickly an example of someone just like you and I who heard from God and discovered their unique blueprint, their identity. Because again, it's not until you change your identity to match your unique blueprint that you'll understand why everything in the past never worked. I could have just said this. When Doug said, oh man, you're gonna pastor church one day. I could have said, me? What, really? <laughs> Seriously? Like, do you know me? Do you know my background? You know my history? You know the generations before me? Do you realize there's no pastor in our family? There's no pastor in our family that I even know. All the generations, of there is no pastor. Not even many churchgoers at all in our family. None of us. So I thought, that's crazy. That didn't even make sense. I could have said that, but, but you know what happened? I'll tell you what happened. He said it. I got scared and excited at the same time. Could this be true? <laughs> I don't know. And I, you, when I get words, I'm like, you know what? I say, God bless you, but listen, God has my address. He'll confirm it. He'll show. I, don't, I don't live focused on a prophetic word. It's very encouraging. I live focused on Jesus. I live focused on the King of Kings because he can take me where he wants to take me. I will go where he wants me to go. It doesn't matter. He knows that because when I, when I first talked to him about getting into ministry, I, I clearly told him I'll go to Hawaii. I'm serious. I said, Lord, I'll go to Hawaii for you because we, we just got, we went, we went there on our honeymoon. It was amazing. I said, I love this place. I'll go to Hawaii. Love the weather. It's perfect. 75, 80 degrees all the time. I said, I'll go to Hawaii. But, but what happened was he didn't hear me clearly. He thought I said, I own you because that's where we started our ministry in I own you, which then he says, well, Dan, I own you. So it makes sense if I said, I own you. So I, right? Because he purchased me back. Whatever. You guys laugh later. You're not even that funny. I think that's really funny. I own you. So then he sends me further north where it's colder. Because <laughs> I love Jesus. <laughs> and this place is awesome. We love our church and, and, and I love, this is amazing. I'm, I'm, it's, it's awesome up here. We love it. Let me give you an example of a guy really quick. Now have Emily come up and, and uh, for the last 10 minutes um, and just help lead us for a moment. It's a little bit of a workshop today. Help us, help us to hear from God. Right, isn't that awesome? You can hear a personal word from God today and he can encourage you and he can give you one word or four words or a sentence or he can just, just roll through some stuff to, to help you and we'll, we'll get there in a moment. Because it's not until you change your identity to match your unique blueprint that you'll understand why everything in the past never worked out. Here's Gideon's story. Let me tell you the end first. He, with God's help, defeated 125,000 Midianites with only 300 men. He defeated 125,000 Midianites with only 300 men. And then he lived in peace and prosperity for 40 years. I just wanna give you that end, because that's pretty awesome. Here's the story. God's kids follow another blueprint. 
You heard that before? They follow their own way and find themselves in a pickle. And I say that in love because if I could just take people and give them a really, really tight, holy squeeze when I know they're not following God and I love you so much, but please follow God. We're back here again. Please just follow God. Squeeze them a little tighter. Common theme. So here it is, Judges 6, 1 through 4. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains. Look at this, caves and strongholds. They had to hide from. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land, destroying crops as far as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. You ever felt like that? It's like, my goodness, man, how come things aren't clicking? Why does this keep happening to me? What is going on here? See, it was happening to them, maybe not, but it's happening to them because they just wouldn't listen to God. They would not listen to God. Judges 6.10 tells that. Look at this. I told you, I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live, but you have not listened to me. So for seven years, they dealt with the consequences of not listening to God. They had lost everything, including their identity as children of God. But finally, they got sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired and cried out to God with a loud, piercing shriek. And this is where my man Gideon comes in on the scene, right here. Judges 6, 11 through 16. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiezer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why in the world is all of this stuff happened to us? And where all the miracles our ancestors told us about. He, he didn't realize, see, he didn't realize this was God. He didn't realize this was the voice of God. He just said, sir, some guy should, it's amazing when God speaks to you, listen, th th this is the way ma mainly God will speak to us today is through people. <laughs> and and what, if, if you're not careful, you may not, you may miss it. Because it may, there may be a person in front of you, but it's almighty God. It could be almighty God speaking to you. That's how he does it today. Through the word, obviously. I'm talking about personal words. Sir, why is all this bad stuff happening? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us. This is Gideon saying, and handed us over to the Midianites. Duh, because you wouldn't listen to me. Okay, but he didn't say that. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Now, let me just make something clear for a moment. I love it 
that even though they got themselves into the pickle, God doesn't remind them of it. He just begins to speak into Gideon. He doesn't, he doesn't rehash the problem. Don't you love that? Don't you love that God doesn't show up and say, well, you know what? We gotta go through the 9,000 sins, Dan, of your life before, we can, before I can call you a mighty man of God. No, he doesn't. He just comes right out and says, oh, this is who you are. Verse 15, but Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh and I'm the least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, son, I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. And so he defeated 125,000 Midianites with only 300 men. He comes from the weakest clan. He's the weakest in his family. Up until now, he had not been listening to a prophetic voice. Up until now, he had not been hearing a prophetic voice. He was hearing a pathetic voice. Because what we choose to hear is the difference between faith and fear. What we choose to hear is the difference between faith and fear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Proverbs 2, 1 and 2 says this, my child, will you treasure my wisdom? Then and only then will you acquire it. And only if you accept my advice and hide it within will you succeed. So train your heart to listen when I speak and open your spirit wide to expand your discernment, then pass it on to your sons and daughters. Gideon was being trained to focus on the problem his whole life. And by the way, what you focus on the longest becomes the strongest. If problems are swirling in your heart and mind, then it will be the pathetic voice that will speak loudest. The negative, the old, the miserable, the bitter, the instead of the powerful, positive, new prophetic voice that lives in you. The pathetic voice will keep you in a place of defeat, loneliness, fear. That is not God's voice. That is not the prophetic voice. The prophetic voice will move you into God-given destiny of freedom, joy, peace, and success. You need to hear that voice in order to unlock you. And this is the moment when God spoke that would, Gideon would recover his God-given identity. Please hear this. A few words, a few words, you mighty hero of God, you mighty man of God, you mighty daughter of God. Only a few words and this guy becomes somebody totally different. He becomes the leader he was always created to be. He recovers his true identity simply by hearing and believing what God is saying to him personally. He went from scared, hiding in a wine press to being as bold as a lion. And it all started with only a few words. Isn't that awesome? That's what I want you to hear today, just a few words, a few words. I love the story of, um, of Ruth's 
discovering her biological family. And I talked to her, she said it was okay just to mention this in general, but for the past two or three years, she's been trying to find her birth family. And she has, she's found her sisters and mom and dad. And Ruth was given up at birth um, to Alice, who's amazing, her dad, who's not with us anymore, but uh, amazing family who raised her the way that she is today, but she always had a desire to find her family. Long story short, her biological mom had been living with the shame of giving up her daughter at birth all of her life. And it wasn't until Ruth started looking for and finally finding her, but saying these few simple words, I forgive you. I'm not mad at you. I forgive you. That her biological mom who went from shame, fear, hiding, had not having identity, all of a sudden comes to life. That her sisters are saying, we have never seen mom like this. Mom is coming alive simply because of a few small but powerful words. I forgive you. I'm not mad at you. How awesome is that? Let me just say a couple things I'll have Emily come up. Let me just say this, these truths because this is what God wants to do for you today. First, God sees in you what you don't see in yourself. First, God sees in you what you don't see in yourself. We only see in part, but God sees underneath. You might think you're hidden, but God sees hidden treasure about to be discovered. Judges 6, 12, the angel of the said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And Gideon said, say what? He was shocked, but in the natural, it didn't make sense. It was a joke, it was unnatural. He had been hiding his whole life. He was the weakest. But if Gideon were here today, this is what I know he would say. He would say, guys, when God called me a mighty hero, listen, I was shocked but I was excited because God literally reached into the very DNA of Gideon's soul to pull something out of him that he knew was always there but had been suppressed by the enemy of fear. It's very interesting, but that's just how our actual DNA works. You know that? Your actual DNA works that way. It's either open or suppressed. It's like, if you look at DNA, it's like it's got a zipper. And then when it's unlocked, RNA comes, makes a duplicate of that DNA and then moves it through the body and accomplishes what, what it's supposed to do. That's how DNA works. But DNA can also be suppressed by fear and bitterness. Literally suppressed. Like literally, your DNA can be suppressed. It's not only that when you begin to show yourself love and forgiveness and those things that the right DNA is unzipped and unlocked and voila. Go do, just look for it yourself. That's, that's DNA 101. Genetics 101. But spiritually, God unlocked Gideon's God-given DNA. Because you know why? God sees 
in you what you don't see in yourself. I gave my heart to Jesus in 1994. I found a Bible my mom had given to me. It was the Living Bible. Thank God for the Living Bible because I couldn't understand King James or New King James or anything, but the Living Bible I could understand. And I, the message, I didn't have a message Bible back then, but, and I read that, that Living Bible, which was for about a second or third grader. is exactly what I needed. I was learning. I was eating that thing up. I was reading it. One day I went to Arnie's. I was probably a Christian for about three or four months. And I went to Arnie's Bakery in, in, in uh, Grand Rapids and I'm just sitting, brought my Bible, just sitting there waiting for someone else to come. And I'm reading the Bible and the waitress comes and he goes, oh, are you a pastor? <laughs> and I thought, what's a pastor? I never went to church. Okay, please hear it. I, I, that wasn't my past, but I didn't know what a pastor did or what, 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 they, what they, you know, I didn't know what that stuff was. So I kind of I was shocked, but all of a sudden something went, what? Really? Could this be my DNA? Yes. Because God sees in you what you don't see in yourself. And secondly, God speaks to you to pull something out of you. God speaks to you to pull something out of you. Your idea, your invention, your song, your, remember this dance we did? The little tweak dance? <laughs> now, for some reason, last week you were here, I don't wanna do it again. It's not, I think Dave, you put it on video, I'm gonna get you. Um, he got the video of, I said, do not video, but anyways, the tweak dance. That was a total creative, unique idea that came to me in the shower. Um, so I brought it that Sunday. I said, now, now, now the, the, the why, well, yeah, it was goofy. You don't want to see your pastor doing this kind of a tweak, little tweak dance. But Donna says it was memorable. And I love that. So she's always gonna remember that God does little tiny tweaks with a loving, caring, smiling face when he's doing it. He loves you, but he likes to tweak. He likes to tweak little areas of our lives so that we can grow. Anyway, that tweak dance was deep down in my DNA somewhere, weird DNA, but it was unzipped. The DNA. Because it's not until you change your identity to match your unique blueprint that you'll understand why everything in the past never worked. Gideon, an entire generation, lost their identity. They were living in darkness. But God was looking for treasure. Look at this verse, Isaiah 45, 3. And I'll give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches. I will do this so you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. God speaks to you to pull something out of you. And lastly, God speaks to you to send you. Our job is to be sent into people's lives to set the captive free. But you can't set the captive free if you yourself haven't been freed to be who you are called to be, unlocking you. And when you find that personal, unique identity and keep discovering it, by the way, it's, it's, it's a journey of discovering, it's awesome. One part here, one part there, next thing you know, there's a tweak dance. And I don't know what dance I'll bring next week, but I'll tell you, be ready, because you never know what's gonna come while I'm taking a shower. I'm bringing it that day, and I don't care, I'm bringing it, because someone's gonna need it. Thank you, Donna, for encouraging me for that. I appreciate that, because I was feeling really weird after doing that. <laughs> 
And you're in trouble, Dave, for uh, videoing that. <laughs> Just kidding. I, I, you're the guy that would do it too. I know, yeah, whatever. Listen, God speaks to you to send you, so this is where we wanna head right now. Emily, I want you to just kinda come up, and, and you've got some, we've got just a few minutes here, it's gonna take about seven to 10 minutes, and, and if you need something to write on, we've got our ushers and greeters with our notes, so if you wanna write something down, because this is what's gonna happen. We're just gonna lead you through a little bit of a workshop to end this, um, probably have you close your eyes. Emily will lead you through it, but the whole purpose of this is for you, just like I did throughout my life, is to write some things down. It might be one word. God may call you a mighty warrior today. God may, God may, may, may give you something that you've, I hope that you've never heard before, or maybe you heard way, way back in the day, and God confirms it again to you, amen? Unlocking the prophetic voice in you. Emily, take it away. Thumb. Ooh, hi guys. Can we have somebody on the keys? Because I think we're just going to have a few minutes to um, listen for the Lord. How many of you are pretty familiar with hearing God's voice already? Raise your hand. Okay, a lot of you. Yeah. Well, I really want to encourage you that even if you are not familiar with hearing God's voice in your head or in your heart, he loves to speak to you, and you actually do hear his voice. Even if you don't realize it, you do hear his voice. Like Dan said in John 10, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So if you know Jesus, if you have asked him into your heart, you already hear his voice, even though you may not recognize it. And I'm just going to explain to you a little bit of what God's voice sounds like and how to hear him. Because you don't have to be a prophet. You don't have to be extra gifted. You don't have to be in ministry. You don't even have to know the Lord very long. You don't have to be uh, a certain age. <laughs> it's not, you're never too young or too old. He loves to speak to you, no matter what. He's your shepherd. You hear his voice. So even if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, because when you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you, and that's the Spirit of God. So he's living in you. So even if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit yet, you can hear his voice. But I will encourage you, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, we and the prayer team would love to pray with you afterwards because you will hear God's voice much more clearly and accurately when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, so the primary number one way to hear God's voice is through God's word. His word is the pure voice of God. And when you're in his word on a regular basis, you're going to hear God's voice more accurately and more clearly just because you um, know what it sounds like. You know what it sounds like. So the first way you're going to hear God's voice is through his word. And then when you have a dream or a vision or you hear something in your mind or your heart, then you know if it lines up with God's word. You can know if it's God's voice or not. So we're going to pray in a second, and the Holy Spirit's going to speak something to you directly from the Father's heart. If you're not familiar with hearing God's voice, it does feel like at first that you're making up these words in your mind because God's voice sounds a lot like your own thoughts in your head. So that's okay. But because we're asking him to speak, you can know that he is speaking. Okay? Um, he does use your imagination. God gave you your imagination on purpose. So, like I said, even if it feels like you're making it up, you're not. It's God. 
using that imagination. So you can hear his voice, so you can see visions and dreams that are from, from him. His voice is always very encouraging. It lifts you up. It builds you up. It's loving and kind, even if it's corrective. But like Dan said, he's speaking something into you that he knows is true. Even if you don't believe it yet, he knows this thing is true about you. It's encouraging. It's uplifting. It it builds you up. Lines up with his heart and his character, and his voice agrees with his word. So you're not making it up, and we're going to want to write down what you hear today. I think the ushers have some paper if you guys don't have paper, but you're going to want to write down. Do we have ushers that have paper? You guys can start. Yeah, go by the, just raise your hand if you need paper. They'll come bring you some. Okay, so I'll finish what I'm saying here. Whenever I hear God's voice, I usually hear words in my mind or kind of like drop in my heart, like I just know God is saying something like I hear words Um, sometimes it's a Bible verse that I know sometimes it's a reference for a Bible verse like Genesis 315 and I have to look it up and see what it says and then I think about it for a while and God starts to show me what it means what he means for me Um, sometimes it's a phrase or even a song lyrics from a song when I start to think about that phrase or that verse or that that song, then more sentences will follow. So that's why I like to write it down because as you're writing, he may give you more. A good way to practice, so that's a good way to practice is like Dan showed you his journal. I love to journal. Even if you don't really love to write, when you want to hear God's voice and desperately need to hear God's voice, just grab a pen and paper, grab a journal or a notebook and just right at the top, my child, what I want to say to you is, you know, or, or write a question. Sometimes I write questions to God in my journal. I say, Lord, what do I do about this situation? Or Lord, what do you say to me about this, this thing happening in my life? And he loves to answer your questions. So you can start writing what you think he's saying, and you can know that it's him. Okay. So, if you want to do that on your paper, if you're not used to hearing God's voice, write, my child, what I want to say to you is, you can wait in a minute, I'm going to pray for you, and then you can write what you think God is saying. Expect him to speak to you, and then believe what he says, because he always speaks the truth. So I'm going to pray for your spiritual ears to be opened and you're going to hear what the Father has to say to you about you. We're not getting a word for anybody else, personally for you, what he has to say. So Father, we come to you with hearts wide open. Holy Spirit, you live in us. You're the Spirit of the Father and we want to hear your voice. What do you have to say to us today? We want to hear what you think of us, how you see us. Lord, speak identity into your children today. Who you know us to be, like you did to Gideon. And so, Lord, we're here just waiting. We want to hear what you have to say. So open our spiritual ears. 
expecting you to speak in Jesus' name. the hearts of those who have a hard time believing what you're saying, Lord. There's some of you that um, have, have heard God's voice plenty of times, but you have a hard time believing him because you believe something different about yourself. You've been believing lies about yourself all your life. And so you turn away from God's voice in, in the uh, identity and the destiny he's been speaking into you. So open up our, our believing, Lord. Open up our hearts to believe you. The pressure's not on us to be who you made us to be, Lord. It's all on you. So if you're speaking something big and amazing and profound, Lord, like mighty man of God, Lord, it's not up to us to fulfill that. That's you in us. So we believe you and we receive it, Lord. also see that someone here, you've been through a whole string of difficulties and trials and sufferings, and it's become like this beautiful string of pearls. During those um, times of difficulty, you felt like all alone and hidden away. And that was on purpose. God kept you hidden to protect you. But now he wants to display you. You're his treasure. Isaiah says you're, a, you're like a treasure in the hand of God. And he wants to display you for the world to see. Because him bringing you through those difficulties and trials and sufferings has made you into who you are. You're not broken anymore. You're just beautiful. Thank you. 
So as Emily's um, been leading us through, and I want to encourage you, whether it's one word, an impression, a feeling, even if you felt like, man, it, it didn't work for me, I promise you it's going to. Because God promises. Sometimes it's just a little, as you even go, as you walk up, I only ask you to do this. Keep your ears and heart open to the theme that God wants to speak to you. I heard the Lord say to someone or maybe a few of you that you feel like the person that's made all these mistakes and you feel like, well, now you got to go fix all those mistakes to even get to where God wants you. And I say, no, no. Aren't you, aren't you glad that when God showed up to Gideon, he didn't, he didn't have the long list of problems that were happening. He just spoke into them and said, no, 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 no. Mighty hero, mighty warrior. So I love it that we can forget the past and we can grab a hold of what God has for us today to move into the future. That he forgets your sins as far as the east is to the west and that he can take the dream that has been lying dormant, the DNA that's been zipped up, unzip it, that God-given DNA to fulfill it in your life. Is there anything too hard for God? So I ask you to let go of the past and start believing God and moving with God in the present to fulfill everything he has in your future. Lord, I thank you for today. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your word. God, as we leave today, let there be one common thing. We don't need 10 different things, God. You don't want to give us 10 different things. You want to give us the next thing, the one thing, the common theme, the common word that we need to hear from our heart to move forward in Jesus, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.